Good evening. Welcome to this important meeting. Uh, the welcome is extended to members of the public and also to those people who are listening to us. The first item on our agenda is public speaking, public participation, and the following people are registered to speak at this meeting, and I will call them forward in the order given. I have agreed to extend the usual 15-minute period to 30 minutes uh, as was done with Cabinet and Planning Policy Working Group, but would ask, please, for the speakers to be concise and to keep to the three minutes allowed per statement. And my, the Chief Executive to my right has, a, I think, a stopwatch here as well. Uh, so the speakers are, firstly, Chris Audrett, secondly, Councillor Andy Dodsley from Little Eastern Parish Council, Thirdly, Vincent Thompson. Fourthly, Councillor Merrifield from Stebbing Parish Council. Fifthly, Ken MacDonald. And finally, Michael Young. So I'd invite Chris Audrett to address the Council, please. Good evening. Speaking as a resident of Little Eastern and until recently a parish councillor, this is not just about Little Eastern. It is about the impact on the whole area of development of this size and the effect it will have on Great Dunmo and the surrounding area for generations to come. The inclusion of Eastern Park in this local plan is the worst of both worlds. The 1800 houses in the plan period would create an isolated, non-sustainable settlement with houses delivered slowly if the experience with Landsec at Ebbsfleet is anything to go by. The proposal for 10,000 houses at Eastern Park and the 3,000 houses either included in the new local plan or with planning permission but yet to be built in Great Dunmo will create an urban sprawl from Great Dunmo along the Stortford Road to Eastern Park and on to Little Canfield, Takeley and towards Bishop Stortford. What is of real concern is that UDC have learnt nothing from the previous failed local plan where Elsenham was pursued despite all the obvious problems which the inspector highlighted immediately. UDC commissioned an infrastructure delivery plan from Troy Planning on May 17, which specifically said two access points are required for Eastern Park, and without them, access to Eastern Park is a risk to scheme delivery. However, at the 22nd June PPWG, Mr Fox from UDC and the Essex Highways rep both said there would only be one vehicle access. Park Road has already been excluded by Landsec and UDC as a vehicle access point. Councillor Rolfe even saying at the PPWG in May it would be over his dead body that Park Road would ever be used for vehicle access. When questioned by Councillor Dodsley of LEPC about the issue of a second access, Mr Glenday then replied via email on the 5th of July saying there are to be two access points one all-purpose onto the A120 and a second sustainable transport corridor onto Woodside Way, exact alignment to be determined. The level of traffic generated from the site would be monitored and if required, the second access could be opened up to all traffic. 
Anyone familiar with the area knows that there is a huge distance between Eastern Park and Woodside Way, and the site is completely disconnected from Woodside Way. With the Regulation 18 public consultation starting tomorrow, this is just one example where UDC appear, as has been the case all along, to be following the mantra, don't bore me with facts, I've made my decision. The local plan inspector, however, is concerned with facts, as indeed you should be, and I have no doubt that if this plan comes before him, he will make the same conclusion he did for Elsenham, that the inclusion of Eastern Park in this plan is fatally flawed. Councillor Dodsley, thank you. Good evening, councillors. At the parish forum last week, there was wide disbelief from local people that the development of two major sites along the A120 corridor, 20,000 new houses, and an additional 6,000 car journeys at peak time will not totally overwhelm our already congested transport infrastructure. Councillors from many parish councils, not just those directly impacted by the proposed developments, expressed their concerns that the transport study vastly underplays the impact that these developments will have upon the local road network, particularly the A120 and Junction 8 of the M11. Villages are already used as rat runs to avoid the existing traffic issues around the district and these plans will lead to a huge increase in congestion. Does the council seriously believe that they will be able to generate a so-called modal shift in transport habits whereby people in rural areas will move away from their cars? We don't think so. Little Eastern Parish are determined to preserve our heritage for future generations and we believe that the proposed Eastern Park development is the wrong development in the wrong place and if it happens will deliver urban sprawl from Great Dunmo to Stansted Airport filling in all the open countryside more than trebling the size of Dunmo from 3,800 to 17,000 houses with a further 10,000 just down the road at Stebbing. It will deliver the irreversible destruction of the settings of vast numbers of listed heritage assets. So many, in fact, that they could not all be accommodated in the heritage impact assessment for Eastern Park and were not individually assessed in the same way as all the other sites, an approach we still disagree with and will continue to challenge. This proposal will have an enormous detrimental impact on this area's unique identity, exceptional rural setting and wildlife, which unquestionably goes against the national planning policy framework. It will deliver the destruction of a historic deer park. A wonderful dark sky landscape will be blighted by light pollution. Valuable agricultural land will be gone forever. This is more than just a blight on the local area, 
It is the total destruction of it. Your vote today is a critical stage in the process. You are merely the current caretakers of our district and what you do now will affect this area long after you are gone. Before voting today, I would urge you to consider the legacy that you will be leaving. Is your legacy to future generations to be the paving over of our heritage and the creation of creeping urban sprawl and travel chaos? I hope you will agree that it is not a legacy to be proud of. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Councillor Dosley. Call upon Vincent Thompson to address us next, please. Councillors, I address you on behalf of the Residents Action Group Stop Eastern Park. I am concerned, concerned that you are encouraged to vote in favour of proposals that are deeply unsympathetic to the rural nature of our district, that the local plan lacks detail in key areas, that the public have only six weeks in which to respond, and that the drop-in exhibitions are limited to three and a half hours each. In short, the cart has been put before the horse to fit a predetermined plan, and now these proposals are being forced on your electorate, your taxpayers, without due process or consultation. As you know, it is the inspector who must decide whether or not the plan is sound. Your attention has been focused on a narrow legalistic definition of the word sound, but I am advised that the inspector's primary obligation is to use his judgment, or what some might call common sense. So, using your common sense, before you vote, I ask you to consider, does it make sense to embark on building a new town of 10,000 houses for maybe 30,000 people so close to a major airport? in line of the prevailing wind with the attendant health issues, under a major flight path with the resultant noise issues, directly alongside a working quarry, immediately adjacent to the enlarged Dunmo, Takeley and Canfield, with inadequate access and limited employment to create a dormitory town to clog up the overburdened Junction 8 and promoted by a developer with a dire record at Ebbsfleet. What will the inspector conclude? I know that times have changed and that houses need to be built. But don't tell me that the proposed new towns are the only solution. Clearly there are alternatives, both now and in the new fu near future. Why is the no reference to Carver Barracks becoming available within the time frame of this plan? Is Uttlesford to have four new towns? Councillors, I have written to you about the unique heritage of Eastern Park, one of the great parks of Essex for hundreds of years, and to highlight its potential as an oasis in years to come. Such assets must be preserved, not squandered on flawed solutions to short-term pressures. And I have no doubt that the inspector will agree, so I suggest that you again vote against this plan. 
Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Thompson. Yep. Call next, Councillor Merrifield, please, from Stebbing. Good evening. If I could explain that I'm actually Councillor Jane Goodwin from Stebbing Parish Council. <clears throat> Stebbing Parish Council is understandably disappointed that west of Braintree, east of Stebbing, or in reality the Type A village of Stebbing, has been recommended as a site for a garden settlement providing 970 homes by 2033. As this adjoins the site chosen by Braintree District Council for a large housing development, far from Uttlesford having any opposition to this, it has been complicit in the potential destruction of one of its villages. Much has been said in opposition to this settlement, challenging the interpretation of the information provided in the many reports commissioned by UDC. <clears throat> Today, I again would like to speak in opposition to this site, very little consideration appears to be given to the views of Stebbing residents except to label them as NIMBYs and being told in a patronising way that these homes have to be built somewhere so accept your fate. Many residents of Stebbing have chosen to live there because of the tranquil rural nature of the village and its established community. Accepted are the inconveniences of having to drive the car to access most services and internet connections can be erratic. We are told that these problems will be eliminated for us when a large town is built on our doorstep. The reality is that we do not choose to be urban dwellers. The recent tragedy of Grenville Towers has highlighted that not only do residents deserve the choice to continue living in the environment they choose and not that forced upon them. Stebbing Parish Council has been encouraged to seek, encouraged to seek consolation in the fact that in our lifetimes little of this settlement will be built and that we have eight years of grace before the building even starts. We feel a greater responsibility for future generations to enjoy the beautiful Essex countryside that surrounds Stebbing, including ancient woodlands that cannot possibly survive in its present form when surrounded initially by a building site and then a town. <laughs> Many of you will live in similar villages and have brought and fought off the threat of being a suburb of a vast new town. Stebbing is meant to be grateful for the opportunities this offers, schools, shops, health centres and work on our doorstep. Also the opportunity to take advantage of so-called improvements for the village paid for by the developers, including the suggestion of a bypass. If this is so wonderful, why aren't we all in competition to have a garden settlement built on our borders? Most residents do not want to live in a rarefied, exclusive, preserved village bypassed by traffic and hidden behind vast swathes of woodland. Stebbing has naturally evolved over generations. A considerable number of new houses have been built in the last 20 years and plans are already in place for at least 30 more in the next five years. These small developments can be absorbed in the village, ensuring a greater diversity of residents, enlivening village life and ensuring its continued existence. To finish, just think why you sighed a sigh of relief that you have escaped a new town on your village's borders and have a bit more empathy for those of us who to date have not been so lucky. Call upon Ken MacDonald, as our next speaker, please. 
Good evening. Uh, my name is Ken MacDonald. I've lived in Uttlesford for 36 years. I'm a chartered accountant and was for many years a financial director and company secretary. I'm accustomed to working with figures and words and I understand the concepts of auditing and audit trails. At last week's Cabinet meeting, we heard councillors say that the housing numbers were much higher than expected. Rather than shrugging shoulders, shouldn't somebody other than me be ringing alarm bells? It may seem very late in the construction process to be questioning the soundness of the foundations, but I've been raising specific and detailed concerns about the Strategic Housing Market Assessment, the SHMAR, for the last 20 months. When do you stop trying to save a drowning man? Sadly, after getting not a glimmer of satisfaction from UDC, I hold out very little hope that anyone will take these matters seriously until I spell out the deficiencies for the benefit of the inspector. That's a pretty sad indictment of Uttlesford's claims to consult and to welcome constructive comment. Time and again, I've heard statements that your plan is evidence-based, yet whilst I have seen evidence, some of it logical and some not, I've not seen how it has been taken into account or how the housing targets for Uttlesford have been derived. Have you? Sadly, the only evidence is inference, hearsay and Chinese whispers, but no audit trail. As Mr Glenday remarked in January, there is a need to show your workings. But we have still not seen any workings that demonstrate how Uttersford's housing need forecasts have been calculated. Last week, when Mr Fox was asked to comment on my repeated complaint, rather than offer workings, he claimed that the Schmar had been reviewed by several eminent people. But as far as I'm aware, those reviewers were not given a copy of my detailed challenges and my demolition of some of the weaknesses and deficiencies in the Schmar. So the reviewers' verdict of innocent came after hearing only the evidence for the defence, but not the evidence for the prosecution. One of those reviews was carried out by the Planning Advisory Service in December 2016. Rather than endorsing the plan, I would say it was rather damning. Mr Glenday's remarks about the need to show workings echoed one of their recommendations. Yet we, have, yet we have still not seen any workings. There's no audit trail. One of the failings that led to the rejection of the 2014 plan. In this vacuum of evidence, can you really endorse a plan that will commit Uttlesford to percentage population growth faster than ever before and faster than almost every district in the country? Yep. Finally, Michael Young, please. I should first mention that I had no knowledge of what Ken was going to say tonight, so I apologise for any duplication. The most critical figure in the local plan is that for housing need. Some of us have been questioning the calculations for over 18 months. No one understands them, no one can follow them, and no one can explain them. We are told that the results have been confirmed by independent experts, but what did they say? A consultant from the Planning Advisory Service said that the, apportion, uh, said that the apportionment to Uttlesford was not clear, and he could find no explanation. 
the QC stated that work needed to be strengthened and the inspector from the planning inspectorate said that the report didn't show its workings. The process wasn't clear and you couldn't tell whether it was right or wrong. Why are these comments being dismissed and ignored? I can't say whether the figures are right or wrong and neither can these paid consultants. So why are councillors so sure? The final test to any calculation must be, does it look reasonable? The proposed expansion of Uttlesford is one of the largest in the country and far greater than our neighbours. Can this be right? The only response we get from the council is to be told that the exercise is transparent and evidence-based. Neither is true. We need councillors who are prepared to think outside the cliché and challenge these results. I'll give one example where the figures are clearly wrong. The figure for extra employment at Stansted is given as 8,000, but no consultant has ever been asked to check this figure and the correct figure is at least 5,000 fewer jobs. I can say this with confidence since it is taken from a consultant's report that was paid for by the airport and supporting organisations. I am sure that we will be told that this is a consultation exercise and we will be given the predictable reassurances about all the comments being taken into consideration. But how can we be confident that comments made in the next eight weeks will receive any more attention than those ignored over the last 20 months? The plan as drafted will totally transform the nature of our district. Is that what you want? I would submit that only if you are certain that all the figures are correct and can be fully justified can you vote in favour. Otherwise, you must ask for it to go back to the working party to be properly validated. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes uh, public speakers. Thank you. I'm sure some of their comments will be taken on board later during the meeting. So we begin the formal meeting and apologies for absence, please. Apologies for absence. Yes, Chairman, apologies have been given from Councillors Hicks and Goddard. Thank you. Any other apologies? Yes, Councillor Aisha Anjum. Thank you. Any others? Councillor Felton, Chairman. Councillor Felton. Councillor Harris. Councillor Harris, thank you. I believe Councillor Knight. <coughs> Councillor Wells. Councillor Knight and Councillor Wells. Councillor Chambers. Any others? Uh, I, I appear not to have a, a vice chairman. Uh, do I need one? <laughs> right. <laughs> this me? Right, thank you. Um, any declarations of interest? Bessex uh, County Council, Chairman. Thank you. Any others, Councillor Freeman? Yeah, Staff and Town Council. I think, I think we've established that unless it's directly affected <coughs> and by the local plan that we don't need declaration of interest town and parish councils. Thank you. Any others? No, thank um, you. Sorry, Chairman. Yeah. Um, That's sorry, I th you just said if it's not um, a parish council that's directly affected, yes. um, well, I'm a member of Chest Great Chesterford Parish Council, so I assume that council is directly affected. I think it does. Think it, uh, yeah. Right. Councillor Dean. Yes, I declare an interest in that my wife is a volunteer 
at the Gardens of Eastern Lodge. Thank you. Do we need another town and parish councils? No. Right, we'll move on then. Any remaining item on the agenda is to give consideration to the recommendation of the Cabinet at the meeting held last Thursday to publish the draft local plan for consultations in accordance with Regulation 18 of the Town and Country Planning Act uh, Regulations 2012. The report is before you this evening. All members have been given in advance a copy of the full draft local plan under consideration at this meeting. It's also available in full on the Council's website. I will first invite Councillor Susan Barker as the Cabinet member responsible for the local plan to introduce the debate and to propose the motion. Once the motion has been seconded, we will then move to the debate, which will be run along the usual lines. There's a lot of business to consider, and I intend to invite contributions to, to the debate to address the whole draft local plan rather than address it chapter by chapter. Uh, I therefore ask that members keep their comments concise and avoid repetition of points already made and to keep to the five minutes allowed for speeches. I will of course allow the leader and the portfolio holder for environmental services to clarify and to comment on points made in the course of the debate and to answer any questions. Members should note carefully that the decision to be made this evening is whether or not the draft local plan should be put out to consultation. If members feel that it's not ready, they can vote against the recommendation. If members have reservations about particular aspects of the plan, they will have opportunity to make representations during the consultation period they will be then able to vote on the plan when it returns to Council with the consultation outcome. So I will invite Councillor Barker to reply to the end of the debate when the motion will then be put to the vote. So I invite Councillor Barker to begin, please. Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, Chairman I do I'll have, a, I do have a, an amendment under Rule uh, 11 to the motion. Do you want me to make that now or should I do it later? Can you explain the nature of the amendment, please? I have it printed uh, and I would like permission to circulate it. It's a mere three sentences, but it needs to be considered under Rule 11 of our standing orders, Chairman. We could have a look at it because we haven't been given prior knowledge of it. But then we you don't, you don't have to, to receive prior knowledge, Chairman. No, it's a motion know, moved without notice. Yes. Can we see the proposed amendment? Then we can make a decision as to whether when to take, when to take it. it. Whether we wait after it's been proposed. Not, it not if we're going to take it, when we're going to take it. It needs to be proposed and it needs to be seconded yep. before any amendment in any event. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. 
Oh, I think so. I think. We have to have it proposed first in any event. Well, yes. Okay. Councillor Bock can speak first. Oh, yes, proposed. yes. And it must be seconded, although they can serve their right. Correct. First of all, let's hear Councillor yes. Bock yes. have a second answer, and then we can take Councillor Freeman's amendment before we open right. the right of debate. Uh, Councillor Bock is saying it's not an amendment. Right, can we begin with Councillor Barker proposing the motion, please? Can I seek clarification first? I do not believe that this piece of paper we've been handed is... So we need to have a proposal first. Okay. Okay, so you'd like me to speak, yes, to, the, speak to the council? Thank you. So I'll start again, Chairman. <laughs> Apologies for anyone who heard me last week at Cabinet. Was it last week? It seems like a long time ago. Um, Chairman, tonight I'm presenting the Regulation 18 local plan with the recommendation that we approve this to go out to consultation from tomorrow until September the 4th. My first job must be to thank the officers for the tremendous amount of work that has gone into getting us to this stage tonight. Anyone who's followed this process will be aware of the large number of studies and background information that has to be gathered and interrogated before recommendations can come forwards. There are three main parts to the consultation the housing allocations, the employment allocations, and the development management policies. And this Regulation 18 consultation is the opportunity for everybody to comment on these. Every comment received will be read, will be responded to, and will be reported to the PPWG, and will be available to view on the portal. After the publication of the papers for the PPWG, myself and other members and officers have raised some minor issues and amendments, and the document you have this evening has been amended to reflect these. An example of this would be the removal of the molecular product site from the list of employment sites, and there were many small typers that were tidied up. Chairman, you will recall that in March 2016, this Council agreed that it would consider a new settlement or settlements as a potential way of delivering its housing numbers, and this option has become a reality in the draft plan. Turning to housing numbers, our housing numbers have been determined using 2014 data. The numbers have been arrived at by an organisation called ORS. ORS delivered the housing numbers for the whole of the Schmar area. That's Epping Forest, East Hearts, Harlow and Uttleston District Council. 14,100 is an enormous number of homes but we must look to the East Hearts plan, where the inspector has said that the number they put in their plan is not sufficient because they are not taking the full allocation of the 2014 figures. But 14,100 is where we are, and whilst far higher than previously anticipated, the requirement to use this ORADS data has been cited in the comments on the East Hearts local plan and also recommended to us by planning inspectors and retained council. Our neighbours in East Hearts, in Braintree and in South Cams all have to deliver higher numbers, although ours are challenging in percentage terms from our base population. These houses, Chairman, are not just houses, they are homes. They are homes for our children and their children and those of friends and neighbours for years to come. In the first five years of our plan period from 2011 to 2016, 2,468 new dwellings were completed, almost 500 a year. On top of this, planning permissions, as at March 2016, have been granted for a further 4,513 dwellings. The Council has built in a windfall allowance of 70 homes a year. That was increased earlier this year from a figure of 50 house, homes a year, and I have reviewed today that figure, which was questioned last week, and I believe that 70 is a 
correct number. That windfall allowance in the future years of the plan will account for a further 1,190 homes. A windfall is normally classed as a development of 10 or less homes. Once these numbers are added up, we are left with sites for a further 5,926 homes needed. Policy SP3 in your document sets out where these sites are proposed. Some of these sites may have received planning since April 2016. In summary, there are proposals for 40 homes in Elsenham, 31 in Great Chesterford, 62 in Stansted, 42 in Takeley, 54 in Thaxted, 44 in other smaller villages, 240 in Saffron Walden, and 743 in Great Dunmo, which mainly accord with their made neighbourhood plan. Seven large-scale sites were put forward, but for good planning reasons, four of the sites were not taken forwards in this plan. Birchhanger sits within the Metropolitan Green Belt. The Takeley Prior's Green site sits within the Countryside Protection Zone and has access issues onto the A120. Chelmermead also has access issues to the A120 and at a level of 3,000 homes in total is not considered suitable as a garden community. It also impacts on the historic settlement of the Little Dunmo and causes coalescence with Flint Green. Elsenham has had applications rejected and there are transport issues connected to the proposals. The balance of the supply during the plan period is therefore planned to be 1,800 at Eastern Park as part of a proposed new garden community, 1,900 in North Uttlesford, again as part of a new garden community, and 970 on sites adjacent to the Braintree border, close to Stebbing Green, as part of a garden community in conjunction with Braintree District Council. These garden communities have the capacity to grow to 10,000 at Eastern Park, 10,000 at Stebbing and west of Braintree, and to 5,000 in North Uttlesford. Their capacity to deliver within this plan period is 1,800, 1,900 and 970. In proposing three settlements, the officers have considered the rate at which houses will be built and, that the de- and the delay that there will be before building commences. It is their professional view that we need all three sites to prevent a robust plan that delivers during the plan period and looks beyond it too. The officers calculate that a build rate of 150 to 175 a year is realistic from 2021 or 2022 onwards. All these allocations, whether new settlements or town and village homes, will result in infrastructure needs in terms of school, water supply and disposal, health facilities, open areas for recreation, broadband and 5G connectivity. We need to build homes that people want to live in. We want communities which deliver excellent education for the next generation, alongside local services, shops, allotments, shared sport and community and library space to schools and the public. Chairman, for reassurance, I would like to direct members to page 32 of policy SP5 on Garden City Principles, which states, prior to any planning applications being considered, detailed development frameworks for each of the garden communities will be prepared as development plan or supplementary planning documents and adopted by the local planning authority, demonstrating how the development accords with the Garden City principles defined by the Town and Country Planning Association or subsequent guidance and wider definition of the sustainable development outlined in the NPPF. Each garden community will demonstrate high levels of self-containment. And of course the road and rail networks will come under increasing pressure. The highway study presented to members recently and considered at the PPWG on June 22nd highlighted the need for a number of junction improvements in Saffron Walden 
along with measures along the Peaslands Road Corridor to improve traffic flow and air quality. At each of the new settlement proposals, junction and road improvements will be needed to prevent Will, sorry, will need to be provided by the developers. And at Junction 8, where short-term improvements are plans, developments of all kinds will need to contribute to a long-term solution. Public transport, walking and cycling opportunities within the communities and between homes and work need to be considered. And in order to minimise travel, we also need to deliver employment sites within the district. 14,600 jobs are planned within the plan period and the existing employment allocations are included in the consultation, along with the space requirements for office and industrial sites. Major sites such as Trisail, an allocation of 43 hectares of land on the north side of Stansted, close to the strategic network, and Chesterford Retail Park, as well as employment opportunities in new schools, care homes and retail outlets, will help deliver homegrown jobs. Thirdly, Chairman, the policies, which are the rules by which officers consider all applications, these have virtually all changed since the last local plan to reflect the MPPF, and we will welcome comments on these. We have organised exhibitions in Little Easton, in Stebbing and in Chesterford in the coming weeks. I believe these are the next three Mondays, as well as static exhibitions in Saffron Walden and Dunmo. We will take comments from residents at these events and, of course, during the six weeks' consultation. Chairman, I do not believe that anyone in this room three years ago would have imagined that we will be looking at a housing allocation of 640 homes a year. But we have to face the fact that we are, and we have to have a plan that can deliver against that target. I believe that this plan can do this, and recommend that it is approved for Regulation 18 consultation. Chairman, I'm happy to answer any questions I can, and if it's a technical matter which I can't, I will ask the officers to respond. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Buck. Before we continue, is there a seconder to the recommendation? Councillor Rolfe, thank you. Do you wish to speak now, Councillor Rolfe? Or? Thank you. Shall I explain? So if I could explain to members, uh, we've had a motion proposed, which is that the draft local plan be published in accordance with Regulation 18, as set out in paragraph 3 of the report. Councillor Freeman has proposed an amendment to that, uh, which has been circulated. So you have that. So Councillor Freeman can then be invited to propose his amendment, which has been circulated. Could I just, whatever, that my understanding about an amendment to a motion is the amendment has to, um, it can't negate the motion. So are you saying that you'd like this motion as set down in the paper, sorry, the recommendation as set down in the paper, and then you wish to add this to the end? Good. That's... Yes. That's my, uh, uh, Mr. Pugh has discussed with Councillor Freeman. Uh, Councillor Richard Freeman, would you like to speak to the amendment? Yes, uh, thank you, Chairman. Yes, my intention is to add to the motion. It certainly is not to negate it, and my intention is not to uh, change its intent either. It's simply to clarify. Uh, the general public don't know what Regulation 18 is. You have to look it up. Uh, this is my attempt in plain words in Queen's English to explain what we should attempt to do. Uh, I think most people will have a copy of this in front of them. Uh, if I may, Chairman, I can briefly read it out just for the sake of the record, and also for the audio record. So, this council agrees that residents' concerns emerging from this consultation will be noted and acted upon. 
Larger developments, especially the new garden villages, will be constructed with sufficient infrastructure to be independent of nearby communities. The Council will also take the necessary measures to ensure close and ongoing engagement and collaboration with developers and the communities. That, Chairman, is the basis of my amendment. Thank you. Councillor Lodge, do you wish to speak now? Thank you. Thank you, Chairman, and good evening, uh, colleagues and members of the public. Um, the spirit of this amendment we absolutely agree with. And for those of you who have been at uh, Cabinet and a number of planning policy working group meetings will know that I've been making these points absolutely consistently. So let's just take it piece by piece. Uh, the Council agrees that residents' concerns emerging from this consultation will be noted and acted upon. It's a real consultation. The Regulation 18 is, is they're both real consultations, but this is, the, this is the dynamic consultation. I'll come back, however, to uh, that, uh, that sentence. Larger developments, especially the new garden villages, will be constructed with sufficient infrastructure to be independent of nearby communities. Absolutely, these are on garden development lines as laid out, as uh, Councillor Barker indicated, policy SP5. We're totally committed to doing this on garden development lines. Um, Sufficient independent of nearby communities. Absolutely, that's the whole point of these, that they are independent. They're not an adjunct to existing communities. Uh, they take the necessary measures to ensure close and ongoing engagement and collaboration with developers and the communities. Totally agree with this. In fact, the meetings have already been set up or in, or in the process of being set up so that in each case, and in the case uh, of, of Saffron Walls and, and any other development, uh, that, that triumvirate of community, usually represented through the Parish Council, developer and UDC will be continually meeting to, to, look, at, to, to look at two things. One, what is the mitigation, and you allude to that, uh, for my current community? And, and secondly, um, what do we mean by community benefit in terms of what will be in there for the benefit of the wider community? And it's perfectly legitimate to be having those conversations <coughs> while at the same time have the concerns that we heard so eloquently expressed and have been hearing uh, <coughs> earlier this evening. And I, we obviously encourage that. The one query I have, Councillor Freeman, is will be noted and acted upon. Now, they will be... If we just put noted, I agree with you, it's a bit limp. But acted upon, the assumption there is that everything will be acted upon. Now, if universally everything was opposed, we won't have a local plan. So I'm not sure that we'd be able to act upon everything. And it depends rather on the feedback that we get back. So it may be appropriate to put and acted upon where possible. Thank you. Uh, I'd prefer the original statement. I, I appreciate the difficulty uh, in giving an open, a blank cheque uh, in a statement. Um, acted upon where feasible might work. Uh, I think that the trouble is it's always easy to leave escape routes. And I'm not suggesting that this council is looking for escape routes. But I'm looking at it from the point of view of the devil's advocate, the, 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 the sceptic from outside. And so I think acted upon where feasible uh, would be acceptable to myself. I, I need to check with the person that's seconding. Yeah. yeah. Councillor Roth? Fine. Fine. So... Any other speakers 
Any other speakers on this? Councillor Dean. I have the same concerns as uh, Councillor Rolfe on the wording of the first sentence. Uh, even where feasible, something might be feasible, but it might completely kibosh something else that uh, you know, is, is essential. So I, I really c couldn't accept that word. Certainly if it ended at noted and taken, or ended and said noted and taken into account, which means that you do what you can do, but you don't do what's not on. Um, and I mean, the only other comment I would make is that the last sentence is really what the local development scheme is supposed to do. So it doesn't do any harm to say that, but it's uh, implicit in what we're doing already. So I, c I couldn't vote for it as it stands. Yeah, sorry. I didn't know Councillor Freeman was going to put it forward this evening, but I was going to make a similar point, and I think it's great. I'm not sure about the wording, but I think the members of the public need to know that if any salient point, sound salient point, comes on that portal, that it will be acted upon. And because, as a member of Henneman and Alstom, as you are aware, we came up with plenty of salient points that didn't appear to be acted upon, and now are. And I think that members of the public are concerned about that, and I think it's really important that we have something measurable and that we can say, yes, we will. So I totally and utterly support it. I'm not sure about the wording, maybe a salient point that's more measurable, but definitely something. Good evening. Um, thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. I agree with the spirit of your uh, um, motion here. Yes, Sorry, Freeman. My, my apologies. <laughs> Um, I too have difficulty with the definition of the word acted upon. Uh, you, sh you can't please everybody um, and acting upon something implies that you're going to do something more than just uh, consideration. My, my point is also that uh, take account of or be considered, maybe better wording. Uh, I also have difficulty with the definition of what is sufficient infrastructure uh, because sufficient to a lot of people has a different meaning. Thank you. Yes, can I just say I, I too welcome this amendment. I think it's very good. I think the word you're looking for is practicable, uh, which, which works. Uh, and, and, and then that works uh, and it, where the, the council will then act upon it where it is practical. practical. Uh, and the rest of it, I think, the larger developments, um, especially the new garden villages, will be constructed with sufficient infrastructure. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and that's one of the principles of this council, and that's included in the uh, policy INF1. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I was going to use the same word, practicable, but I think I'd like to just draw attention to the line, the question, the whole sentence itself. It isn't a terribly tall order to suggest that, that residents' concerns are noted and acted upon. We try to interpret these, the word acted and noted, but at the end of the day, acting means to take concern and do something about it. If it means to apply your mind to something and find an, a, 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 an accommodation, that's still active on the process. So I would accept the practicable process, but let's not be labour of the point. We're going to consultation to do something, not just to listen and pass it aside.
clarify what we are actually saying now. Are we using the word practicable? Is that the one that's been accepted? And if that's been accepted, could I make another small amendment and call these garden communities? Um, that's what we call them throughout the document. As many people pointed out, five or 10,000 houses is not a village. It may not be a city, but it's certainly slightly larger than the village, if you would accept that. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. Um, so the garden village is an expression that was used early on. I don't know whether it's used in the latest form. Are there now garden communities? We should use the language that's consistent, used in this, yeah. in this draft, obviously. So garden, village, uh, garden communities is fine. And can you just remind me, I'm sorry I missed it, what your earlier uh, change was to be? Uh, it was, if you're accepting the word practicable, would you also accept communities? That was really all I was yeah. Practicable is fine. Thank you. Councillor Ranger, did you want to come in? Yes, thank you, Chairman. It was just uh, my concern over this acted upon also. Uh, I don't think practical is possibly the right word. I, I think we had the suggestion of fully considered, and that, to my mind, is in the spirit of the consultation. Thank you. Can I put the point to... Yeah, please do. I was going to ask Councillor Rolf and Councillor Vargas whether... No, I, I understand the sensitivities, but I'm happy to go with the spirit of this. This whole piece of work has been cross-party, and we have tried to take it on a unilateral basis. So I think practicable is the appropriate word, because if, if, if it's not practical for a variety of reasons, then uh, it's, it, it's a bit more than taking into account, uh, so it will be very carefully considered, but it may not be possible. So in that spirit, I encourage us to support the amendment. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Well, if it may not be possible, why can't we say possible? We could go through the dictionary before we find a word that will please everybody. All right. Councillor Graham Barker. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing track of the construction of this yeah, sentence. So we, I think we will um, bring this to Practical doesn't fit anywhere in that sentence unless you have another operator. Um, Councillor Freeman, can we just clarify uh, that you are content with... Can you read the whole lot? Can you read the amendment out uh, as you wish it to be considered? Yes. Indeed, in that way, Chairman, it's actually on the audio record as well. Yes. So... Uh, this council agrees that residents' concerns emerging from this consultation will be noted and acted upon where practicable. Larger developments, especially the new garden communities, will be constructed with sufficient infrastructure to be independent of nearby communities. The council will also take the necessary measures to ensure close and ongoing engagement and collaboration with developers and the communities. Thank you. Councillor Lodge, are you happy with that as seconder? Thank you. Councillor Redfern, then I think I would like to move this to the vote. Um, I, I really I feel this is unnecessary because as a member of this council, I've been assured all the way through the process this is exactly what would happen. I thought that's what we were voting on tonight. But if it gives other, other members... Um, 
reassurance that that is the case, then I'll support it. But I just don't understand where it's come from because I thought the whole idea of this was to be cross-party, inclusive, and if I thought for one moment that this council would take no notice of what our residents and parish councils had to say on this matter, I'd be the first one out the door. Right, Right, thank you. Uh, I do really want to move on and take the vote. Um, Councillor Lodge, you have the right to reply. Well, I, I presume that I would be speaking to, speaking to second this, but yes. if there are other speakers before I do, I'm, I'm happy well, then to wait. I think we wait. can be dealing with wording all night, and uh, I think I'd rather go on. Councillor Lodge? Yeah. My colleague wishes to make a salient point, and it's not on the working, it is right, on the okay. motion. Councillor Asker. Thank you, Chair. Um, it was really just the whole point of this, and it was very clear from the beginning uh, that Regulation 18 will not necessarily be in every person's speak, in every person's dictionary. So that by making this amendment and adding it to the original amendment was just really so that everybody else can understand what Regulation 18 is all about. And if we can make it clear and concise unlike with lots of waffle, which quite often happens, and I've listened already this evening, um, then it's it's much easier just for people to allow that and to understand that. And I'm very sorry if Councillor Redfern is is upset by that. Councillor Lodge. Uh, Thank you. First of all, I'm I'm encouraged by, I think, the bulk of the uh, Council tonight accepts very much of the spirit of this, and I, I didn't want to go into a lot of wordsmithing, and we've done a bit of wordsmithing. But the ultimate result is very, is very similar to, uh, to, to what we were trying to do here. So, so I urge everybody to, to support this amendment. And I would say, first of all, to, um, to the people who have spoken this evening, that, that I, I, I do feel the pain uh, of uh, the, the, their potential developments and what they may have to uh, go through. And I personally very much regret that we are being forced to build 14,000 houses. And, Make no, no bones about it, nobody in this room would stand up and say, let's build 14,000 houses. We're doing this because we have to do it. Um, a lot of you, those who have come regularly to the PPWGs over, uh, over two years now, will know that I've been one of the biggest criticisms, sorry, one of the biggest critics of, uh, of the process and um, many of my concerns have been addressed. In fact, the, the, the fact I think that we go into a Regulation 18 um, consultation is partly due to, to the pressure that, that uh, me and my colleagues have brought to, to the process. And I would say that there, there are failings in, um, in, in this plan. It, it, it's not a quite at the stage where, where I would want it. We know that uh, certain evidence is, is missing. However, we are keep to where the we amendment, are now. Please. Pardon? Can we keep to the amendment which you're seconding? Because um, when we can widen the debate. Yeah, yes, okay. yeah. I've, I've only got a, 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 a brief moment to go. I said we proposed, the, we, we proposed the, uh, the amendment and so it is then and it is relevant to it that I would say to the people in the audience who are going to be impacted by this that they must respond to the, uh, to the consultation. I actually exhort everybody in the district to do that. Um, and I think it is a chance for people to allow their voices to be heard. 
so that they will have a chance to influence those developments that are going on. As I said before, we are going to have to build these houses. I can see nowhere around it. But, really, a plea to everybody, you have a chance to make a real impact. And to the councillors here, please support the amendment. Thank you. I think we will go to the amendment. And we're going to vote on the amendment. Do members read quietly, read out again? You do? Right. Um, I think perhaps the proposer should read it out again. So everyone's clear what they are voting on. Thank you, Chairman. The person taking the minute is, um, should also be very clear on this as well, but it's on the record. So the, amem- the amendment is, this council agrees that residents' concerns emerging from this consultation will be noted and acted upon where practicable. Larger developments, especially the new garden communities, will be constructed with sufficient infrastructure to be independent of nearby communities. The Council will also take the necessary measures to ensure close and ongoing engagement and collaboration with developers and the communities. Thank you. Uh, can we uh, have a recorder? Chief Executive please. would like to clarify something. If I can just clarify, so uh, paragraph 3 in the report, which is the original recommendation, effectively becomes 3A, and the amendment that Councillor Freeman is putting effectively comes 3B. It's in addition to paragraph 3 yes. in your report, yes. so everybody is clear. Yes. Right. Those in favour of the amendment, Sorry, please. May we have a recorded vote? Please. Recorded vote, please, Chairman. <laughs> right. Uh, yes, right, uh, Mr. Absolutely, if it's unanimous, no point in recording it. Thank you, Chairman. The Barker opened the debate and invited questions from members or comments. This is your opportunity. I was expecting a lot of hands to go up, but no. I hope we give as much consideration 
to the local plan as we did one word. <laughs> Chairman and fellow councillors, I, I, I say with the utmost respect and understanding of all the hundreds of hours that have, our officers and councillors have put into this. I, I, <clears throat> I really do, and I genuinely mean that. There's been an uh, incredible amount of... I haven't been to by anywhere all the meetings that, that you have and I can see there's been a, an amazing amount of detail and work gone into it and I thank you for that. However, I am concerned that if these proposed garden communities all go ahead, in future we also have the large brownfield site in the shape of Carver Barracks which should be available before the others reach the full potential. I think we can all agree with that. And uh, that's something that I think should be borne in mind all the way through. I am also concerned, like some of the other councillors, and I understand why it's done it, but I'm I have to say I'm concerned on the focus of tens of thousands of houses in the south of the district along the A120. That's not to say I understand the feelings of everybody in the district, uh, uh, but, but to have tens of thousands of houses concentrated in one area. Large developments in the south of the, of the district will drive ever more traffic through Thaxted and Saffron Walden. <clears throat> when the council originally discussed garden communities, it wasn't called garden communities, it was one of the many other uh, phrases, garden settlements, garden villages. Some time ago, many councillors did not expect 10,000 house, houses uh, or, or 10,000 house urban sprawl bolted on to Dunmore or, for that matter, Saffron Walden. If this does go ahead, buffers between existing communities and new developments are going to be vital in every potential garden community site. I accept that well-designed, planned and locally supported developments could be preferable to poor copy-and-paste little boxes tacked onto existing towns. But I'm not convinced there is a clear definition of what constitutes a garden community. We should resist opportunistic developments, opportunistic developments that are merely rebranded with a garden label. Finally, I'm also still concerned that we haven't got, and I understand why, a plan B. Um, you may remember, uh, uh, Leader and, and Chairman, that last week I asked um, I, I was at the Cabinet uh, meeting last week <coughs> what would be the plan B and I, I think it took three different answers uh, to come up with it now I understand that it's a difficult question there isn't actually a, a plan B there wasn't a plan B for Elsinham and it cost local taxpayers millions of pounds so no plan B also sounds a bit like predetermination to some people. That's all I'd like to say for the moment. Thank you.
Councillor Foley, I understand your concerns as uh, one of the members of the Easterns. Um, Chairman, at this stage, there can't be a plan B. We are trying to provide 640 homes a year. If residents during this consultation come back with a better idea that is more sustainable or differently sustainable and says, well, we wouldn't like those 240 in Saffron Walton, what about putting them there? We believe that we can justify that that's a better place or Dunmo can say, well, actually, we don't like that allocation there. What about this as an alternative scenario? We will look at that. Our officers have come up with what they believe are the most sustainable locations. And we can't just turn our back on one garden settlement without another proposal coming forwards. Um, we have got to this stage by funneling down the options and we have got to a proposed plan. If there are reasonable alternatives to that plan which are practicable, then they will be considered. Practicable. Councillor Redfern. Thank you, um, Chairman. Um, I find this really challenging because the idea of having um, three new settlements across this district actually fills me with horror, not least because I represent one of those villages. Um, having said that, I do, uh, I do believe that going out to Regulation 18 consultation is, is helpful, um, and it's not what we did before. We went straight to Regulation 19, and I think communities missed the opportunity to have their say at that point. So um, whilst I said I wasn't particularly fond of this amendment, I absolutely understand the spirit of it, and I I feel that as a uh, member of this council that we absolutely would hold the feet to the fire of the officers and the planning policy working group that they deliver what we're being promised um, they deliver and that they take into account the concerns of various communities. Um, I, I know Councillor Ranger hates it because I keep going on about the problems with um, Chesterford but you know as the member for Great Chesterford you know I really do have a lot of concerns about the fact that we have a new settlement in that uh, parish and we are having a community meeting on Thursday and I hope that we will encourage everyone to take part in the consultation but I think it's unreasonable to keep calling to, to behave as if North Uttlesford Garden Village is not in uh, Great Chesterford. It is part of the parish of Great Chesterford and as such it's, un it's unfair to say that we have 31 houses in this, in this plan. We don't. We have, 30, we have 1,931 houses um, and one of the key things for my community will be, well we would like to prove the evidence incorrect but you know, I'm assured by officers that won't be the case but what I want to know is that we will actually have proper separation and protection of the village of Great Chesterford against a new community. Um, and we would like you to look at putting a green belt around the existing village because we know that there are prospective um, landowners that would also like to cash in on, on this. And I think it's really important that we protect our um, community. So I will be supporting this just because it's going out to consultation <coughs> and we are going to listen to what the community says. Um, but I'm supporting Regulation 18. I might feel completely differently when we get to Regulation 19, but we'll have to hold that page and see. But I will be standing up for the community that I represent. Thank you, Councillor Redfern. I've got <laughs> Councillor Ranger, Fairhurst, then Lees and Morris. Thank you, Chairman, for the opportunity to speak on this matter, and I will be brief. I echo Councillor Susan Barker's thanks to the Council's planning team and the member colleagues who have been part of the planning policy working group for all their joint efforts in producing the document. 
I must also thank the many hundreds of people who have written to me or spoken directly to me over the past couple of years about development plans for our district. I have one request for those who intend to respond in the consultation period and also for those who have not yet decided to respond. Please treat this like a book. Read it from page one through to the end. There's a narrative within that needs to be understood. Do not please just <coughs> dip into the section that sets out development pro proposals for where you live. All 39 of the elected members of this council live within the district. We are no different to anyone else who lives in Athelsford. We are all affected by what lies ahead. And as you read, please consider the past, the present and the future. The site occupied by this very building in which we are discussing plans for growth and expansion was once a green field. There are people as yet unconceived who will come to depend on the outcomes of what we as a community are going to determine starting tonight. And across the lifetime of this plan, the benefits of well thought out development will begin to shape the future for the offsprings of those people as yet unborn. The garden communities will secure their futures in housing, employment, health and leisure across Uttlesford for decades to come. The dispersal elements of the plan will enable those families who are already established or are establishing their roots here to maintain those close family links, so essential for helping to relieve some of the burdens of growing up and growing old. Chairman, this plan deserves our support. It needs to be adopted by the whole of our Uttlesford family. Colleagues, please let us vote for this consultation to commence. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, there was one thing I forgot to mention. I did bring this up at Cabinet and um, it, it wasn't um, supported, but I would like to raise the fact again that I represent three par uh, six parish councils and most of them have already had their July meeting and don't meet in August, so I would really like to see the consultation period just extended slightly so that these uh, lots of parishes are aware of that, that's all. Sure that uh, the Cabinet member and the Leader take note of what has just been said. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Indeed, we've come a long, long way. Much work has been done. Um, many debates have been had in this chamber, um, and things have changed a lot since the last plan, and I think that's good. I also think it's important for us to recognise the work of the officers and the teams involved. It's been a bit of a headache. I'm happy to see, and I think we all are, to see the acceptance of the hybrid settlement scheme for, for distribution. Um, I think we all rather like the idea that we've got an absolute commitment to evidence-based decision-making. These are all good things. But there's still a long way to go. There are a number of issues that have been raised today and previously which haven't been resolved yet. Issues like air quality, issues like the very siting of the settlements, even the Schmar numbers, I'm afraid I'm one of those who doesn't agree with the numbers myself. Um, these things have to be looked at and be considered. This is not a fait accompli, this is a draft. Tonight we're not here to vote on the plan. We're not supposed to vote on the detail. We're not supposed to take this as a fait accompli, as I've said. To paraphrase a very fine and famous conservative, consultation is consultation. We're here to vote whether to go to Regulation 18 consultation. We're not here to vote about the details. Consultation is not preconceived notions of detail. 
It's not preconceived notions of where they're going to be or how good they're going to be or all those sort of things. It's not about prejudged outcomes. Consultation is quite simply about listening. It's about asking and it's about considering. And I'm afraid, yes, Mr Chairman, it's about acting on those comments and issues. Because this does affect us. It does affect our children. It affects the generations to come. It's quite a big deal. So for this period, for this Regulation 18 consultation, may I suggest we start with an open mind, give it the best shot and listen to everyone and see what happens. When you get to say Regulation 19, as you say, it'll be fine. But for now, I would support this Regulation 18 consultation period. Thank you. Well, you asked to be brief and not repeat, and it's the worst thing about coming third or fourth is lots of people say what you were going to say. I would just... So I, I've agreed with everything that everybody said so far, but I would also like to add, I do agree also with Councillor Redfern very much. Henham and Elstom, as you know, had a consultation over the Christmas period of six weeks, and we've moved on very much from that. And lots of parish councillors do, do not meet in August, so I strongly support that. I do also support the motion. Thank you. Please. Uh, Councillor Morris. Is it Councillor Hargreaves? Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, could I refer back, please, to something uh, the, the, uh, that residents um, Ken MacDonald and Mike Young have raised on the calculation of the 14,100? Uh, obviously, this is the most important thing in the whole plan, and it is quite clear that this council does not have the detailed audit trail to show how that figure is arrived at. And this has been requested many times by me, by others, and the detail is never provided. Um, however, the consultants ORS, they will have the computer model, they will be able to show what went into it, the assumptions, the figures, the sensitivities, so for example, if you change employment by this amount, what's the housing figure changed by? I don't understand why no one has ever requested them to produce and give to us the detail. Uh, please, can I ask that that just be done and we actually see the whole detail, the whole works, so we can be sure that this figure that underlies the whole plan is actually valid. At the moment, the assessment is it looks high. It may be that it's Stansted Airport being hugely optimistic on their employment figures. It is possible that we may be building, wanting to build three settlements and we could possibly save one of these lovely places from being flattened with housing. So please can I ask that we get ORS to produce the detail, have a look at it, and that should be part of the essential evidence base. Thank you. Chairman, ORS have presented to workshops on a number of occasions. If we want them to do it again, we can ask them to do it again, Chairman. Um, but we, if we're going to do it, we need members to turn up and listen and ask the questions. Uh, uh, Chair, that is not answering my question. We've had the workshops. They're just PowerPoints. That's all fine. We've seen it. What we want is the detailed underlying models. We want the, the computer model, the spreadsheets, the, the assumptions. Um, it's not a presentation. It's a whole folder of information. Uh, we've got enough brains to go through it, enough determination, I feel. It's not more presentations of PowerPoints. It's the actual fine level of detail. Councillor Dean. 
Have I jumped in before somebody else? I don't mind. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, this is actually on a purely practical note. Um, the local plan document that I was given this evening seems to differ from the document that I've been working to as part of the Suffer Morden Neighbourhood Plan team. Um, in an area, I notice quite a significant difference in an area that is um, my pet project, one of sports facilities and their deliverance across the district. There doesn't appear to be any versions marked on these documents. So I'd just like to make it clear or clarify that this document given this evening is the document going out to consultation, will be the one available to residents on the website, will be given to the neighbourhood plan teams and the town and parish councils. And if it could also be pointed out that there are some differences to make sure that we're all working to the same document because the one that I've been working to through the Saffron Warden Neighbourhood Plan, I had some serious concerns about. This one does appear to be quite different in a number of areas. So I'd just like to um, seek clarification that that message will be passed through, please. Thank you. Councillor Dean. There were, uh, just in answer to that, there um, were a series of changes put forward at Planning Policy Working Group which were incorporated at Cabinet. Um, so uh, in terms of the tracking of those changes, then I'm sure we can give you and uh, other councillors the detail. But it was as, a, as a consequence of the discussion at Planning Policy Working Group that there were some changes. Councillor Dean. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, tonight I will be um, supporting the uh, recommendation to start public consultation on this draft local plan. It's been a long and uh, tortuous journey, indeed a, a saga that's not yet ended, but now is the time formally to ask the people of the district what they think of the plan to date. I would expect some changes by the end of the year. It, it's our job to listen and to opt to the feedback that we receive and to act accordingly. This is a, a serious set of proposals that contains a, a fundamental shift in the way the Council has planned for growth. I was around in the um, early 1990s and fought hard and won on that occasion against the first proposal for development at uh, Eastern Park. That plan eventually focused mainly on building on brownfield land. In the past 20 plus years, our planning world has changed. The housing crisis has grown worse, the need for more housing has increased a lot. There is little brownfield land left in this district, so there is no alternative to building most new homes on greenfield sites. That means that some areas will have to change. I see no credible alternative solution from the three garden communities put forward in this draft plan to go out to consultation. We councillors have been assisted ably by our officers since the start of 2015 in gathering and refining evidence on a whole range of topics. We had a blip in the process last autumn while still digesting the evidence. Then the evidence changed. The housing numbers went up yet again. So although we only received our officers' professional recommendations in recent weeks, the evidence has been pointing towards the need for three new communities since, I guess, the spring of this year. Uh, 
I was actually looking forward with anticipation to working out how to select two from a short list of three or four sites. As it turned out, there are three sites that broadly meet the criteria and we need all three of them. I have received a lot of emails appealing for the council to steer away from this location or that site. That's fine. And I listen to them carefully. What I would say to anyone listening tonight is whether or not you believe that you have the killer fact or the, the golden bullet that will see off development at your favourite location, please also put, into, put some effort into thinking about what you want if the new community does go ahead. What do you want to conserve? What do you want to enhance? What do you want to get rid of? That way we should end up with the best possible outcome. The reason I abstained on the amendment earlier was only because it dealt with concerns. It didn't deal with the wishes and the possible improvements that people might be looking to get out of it. And, and I do think it's important that we don't just look at the negatives, we look for the positives, because there always are some. So I'm looking um, forward to seeing more positive features and thoughts coming forward in the coming months. I've not given up on improving the plan. Uh, personally, I want to see some clear statements in it about things like uh, future road widths. I've had a bee in my bonnet about obstacle courses that I intend to keep happily buzzing away for a while yet. There, are, there is more, but that can wait. So I, I do invite my fellow councillors to support putting this draft plan out for consultation. A lot of work has gone into it, and local people deserve to have their say now. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Mills. Thank you, Chairman, uh, councillors, members of the public. Um, as many of you know, I've been on the PPWG from the beginning. Um, I like to think I've read thousands of pages. I like to think that I've followed this process completely. Um, I'm the member for Stebbing and Felsted, and I shall be supporting the motion this evening because, having looked at everything that we've gone through and considered certain aspects, I think this is the best solution going forward. And I'll explain briefly why. Um, I have some sympathy for Mr Macdonald and Young. I think the ORS figures could be clarified. Um, I think there's some 10% and 20% in there which sort of round up numbers, and I don't particularly like that, but I suspect that we're somewhere around about the right number. I think the bump from 2014 caused it to go up another 1,600, whereas actually in calculation I could only get eight or 900. But I suspect we're not a million miles away. So I'm going to run with the figure. Transport. Um, the presentation did not consider Great Lees, 10,000 houses, or Marks Tay, 10,000 houses. It did not consider Stansted Airport going to 44.5 million from 33. How that makes a concise impact on things like Junction 8, I am not quite clear. Having said that, these things are going to have to come forward as the plan progresses. So, again, I'll accept where I am with that. Delivery numbers, 150 to 175 a year. I struggle with that as well. I think developers can manage over 200. So, therefore, this has an implication. But, again, I'm happy to run with where we are, and I'll explain why right at the end. Um, 
The spatial strategy only puts 44 in the Class A and B villages. There are 44 Class A and B villages. That's one in each village. So there may well have been scope for increases in those if stuff came forward. But again, I accept this is a working document and therefore it will roll and the numbers will go up in some areas and come down in other areas. Um, and finally, why three settlements? And this is a big one for me. Um, somebody mentioned a plan B. I think to a certain extent the three settlements is a bit of plan B. It gives you some leeway in case something goes wrong somewhere else. In case one of the developers doesn't come through, the numbers fall. If the numbers fall, we haven't got a five-year and we lose control yet again. Up until now, Uttlesford has built 500 a year and has maintained a five-year land supply till very recently, regardless of other districts actually not maintaining that level. So that's something to be celebrated. Therefore, the three settlements gives us a little bit of leeway and that's why tonight are we supporting the resolution. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I'll be voting for this because uh, I think in a democracy you need to consult the people, if you like, and, and I think it's right, and I think that's the right place to do it, it's a consultation document that will go out to everybody. And I know the parish councils won't be sitting, but this isn't a parish council um, subject, if you like. It's going to everybody. Uh, it, it, you know, it's not a political issue. It is for everybody, because everybody will be concerned in some way with the local plan, and everybody deserves a voice in that, oops, in that local plan, so I will be supporting it. But I just wanted to uh, reassure Councillor Morris as well, because I don't know if she's read her agenda pack, um, but on page 17 there are um, amendments, or uh, it says local plan changes schedule for consideration at Cabinet on the 6th of July, and we were sent them. And it says the provision of open space sports facilities and playing pitches should be considered in consultation with the local community. This should include the approach to the ownership and maintenance of the open space and facilities in the longer term to ensure they remain viable and continue to meet their intended function. So I'm sorry if you didn't read that, but it is there for you to see if you want to read it. Thank you. Any other members? Councillor Rolfe. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, and I thank colleagues for the um, maturity of the debate. Um, and the, um, the uh, cross-party um, unanimity, uh, which uh, I think is absolutely the right approach for such a serious issue. We know of our statutory responsibilities and we know of the consequences of not exercising our statutory uh, responsibility. I won't lay those out. Everybody is fully aware. I think also uh, there, is, there is a moral case, and I was interested in uh, some of the, uh, the speakers uh, who, uh, one of whom referred to legacy. Now, as a council, we're looking to the future. We're trying to invest for the future. We're trying to prepare our community for the future. And um, nationally, there is a housing crisis. It's on our television screens every night. Now, fortunately, we don't have that kind of crisis in Uttlesford. But if we don't look to the future, if we don't create homes for future generations then I don't believe we are undertaking our duty. So I think there's a moral as well as a statutory case. Numbers, I know, are, are, are a sensitive issue. Um, the four uh, authorities in the Schmar 
chose uh, the company uh, best, uh, con- uh, most considered expert in this field, considered expert by DCLG. Um, there is detail, and uh, obviously that's there if you wish to go through it. When um, the December 14 plan was unsuccessful, I went to see Brandon Lewis, who was the Minister of Housing at the time, and I said, I'm not going to play your game any longer. I'm not going to put forward a plan uh, for you then to tell me the numbers are wrong. And as a consequence, we've had very good support from DCLG in terms of two inspectors. We've employed our own QC, um, and uh, obviously the steer as well from what's happening in East Hearts points, as Councillor Mills has indicated, uh, to a figure around 14,100. Um, I was asked how I felt. Well, I feel your pain. Um, One of the communities is in the village where I've lived for 37 years. But I recognise that this development uh, has got to take place throughout Uttlesford. Um, It was referred to. It's inappropriate if we think it's all going to be put in the south. Uh, The inspector would, I think, reject it if that was our outcome. So it has to be uh, considered throughout Uttlesford, and I recognise... Uh, why officers have come to the recommendations that they have. Um, The length of time in terms of the consultation, as if you're at Cabinet, you'll have heard me say that we have extended it, not by a lot, I understand, until 5 o'clock on September the 4th. It is almost a week more than the original time of the 29th of August, and um, I think that gives adequate time for those who intend to respond. Um, Carver Barracks was referred to and it may well be part of the next plan but clearly uh, the intention of the army is not to move until 2031 so it can't be part of this plan Um, as far as the the amendment was concerned I was very happy to support it but uh, I just want to re-emphasise and and I think Councillor Redfern uh, picked up the key point that those intentions have always been there Uh, and uh, we we, we should remember that. It's right the way through the text and the tone uh, of of the whole uh, document. One of the key uh, essences of this is that that the three new settlements will be based on garden community principles. It's laid out in the text. I won't repeat them now. Uh, We'll have another presentation, uh, certainly for councillors and and, and for the public, if that would be appropriate. you know, I know 39 councillors are absolutely going to keep officers' feet to the fire that these things are delivered on community, uh, garden community principles and I will be leading the charge to make sure that absolutely happens. Um, this is an iterative process. It, it goes in stages and uh, Councillor Dean is absolutely right. Junction 8, 8 is a key factor in this uh, but you'll be aware that uh, there already money has been set up uh, for that but these kind of aspects, of course, will be part of the next phase. And I conclude by supporting uh, a number of comments that this is about a consultation. It's not a planning application. I understand it starts a process, but it is about a consultation. So I very much encourage uh, my colleagues to support the recommendation. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Rolf. Councillor Graham Barker. Chair, may I request a named vote, please? I I, I agree with you, Councillor Barker. I think we have had a good debate, and I agree with Councillor Rolfe about the maturity of the debate, because it is a very serious matter, and someone like myself and the many of us who have lived in this district for most of our lives, and 
feel privileged living in the district, very conscious of what we are putting out to consultation. Um, Councillor Mrs Barker, did you wish to sum up? Um, Chairman, I, I, I think the debate has, has been adequate. Um, we need to go out to consultation. We need to hear the views of the public. Um, I, I don't think anything further needs saying. Thank you, Chairman. Right. And um, if a lot of the principle of the, the, the previous um, whatever, if we have a unanimous show of hands, then I don't think we need a name vote. But if it's not unanimous, then I would like named. Uh, Councillor what did you want to speak on? Question has been asked Just, to be put. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, just really, uh, you mentioned, uh, Councillor Rolfe, and, uh, that uh, we have a moral responsibility. I really do under understand that. But we also have a moral responsibility to protect our countryside and to protect good agricultural land and to protect food security for the future. That's also a very big responsibility. Right, thank you. Uh, just before we put the question, the recommendation to the vote, uh, as the Chief Executive has reminded us, we've now got 3A, which the, was the original recommendation, and we've got 3B, which was the amendment, which is now part of the substantive motion. So we are voting on the motion and the whole motion. Um, just before we do that, uh, I just remind members of the public who may be listening that points made earlier on by Councillor Redfern and Councillor Dean uh, I think are pertinent in the sense that if you are, as we hope you do, respond to the consultation document, if there are improvements that you would like to see, then please put them in. I have spoken to the Chief Executive prior to this meeting. This consultation is a meaningful consultation. Your views will be listened to. We cannot promise that they will always be acted upon. We need a local plan in place. So, having said that, I will go to the vote. We've got the recommendations in front of you, and we're voting as a whole on 3A and 3B. It's been proposed by... Councillor Barker, seconded by Councillor Rolfe. Those in favour, please show. Right, thank you. Thank you. That's, those against? Thank you. So that is clearly carried. Thank you for your attendance tonight. Close the meeting. Thank you. <laughs>